Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. I'm a whirling <laughs> vortex of doom when it comes to items. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. The morning bathroom thing is complicated. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. There's only two clean pairs of underwear and we need to leave in an hour. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. King of the castle, I have a chair, I have a chair. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And today we're talking about things that sound crazy, works for me. Love it. Or for you guys. Yeah. May It may be nutty, but it <laughs> works. Right. Amy, let's uh, do something that sounds crazy, but is something we're supposed to do, which is go straight to the mailbag. Awesome. Oh, yes. Wait a minute. Time for mailbag. Wait, wait. wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check the mailbag. Amy and Margaret, look and see. Oh, yeah. Is there a letter in your bag to read? This week, we have an email from Kelly. She wrote in to say, I just want to say you beautiful ladies have changed something in me in just a short amount of time. I'm the mother of two boys, 10 and 8. I often struggle with thinking I'm doing it all wrong. You've shown me this is so far from the truth. Giving myself grace is something new and takes a lot of practice, but it is so freeing. Hearing your voices first thing in the morning is my new way to start the day. Not that it's the only time I listen. If I'm in the car, you guys are on. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thanks, Kelly. Oh, that was so nice. It was so sincere. Yeah. I'm used to very goofy <laughs> mailbags, and that <laughs> one was right. just lovely. Nobody was calling you out on a factual error. Yeah. Usually, it's just my sister yelling at me about goofy stuff I've done, but this was a change of pace. We went to our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash what fresh hellcast. Come join the fun. We asked, what's something that others might say is crazy, but which totally works for you? And of course, you guys brought the great answers. Can I start with a couple of my own now? Please do. I got this idea, actually, because I went to a fiction writing workshop a couple summers ago to work on a novel that I never finished. But Lauren Groff was there. Do you know who she is? She... Ugh. What was that book she wrote? I loved. I read Florida and loved it, which was short stories. And she has a new book out called The Matrix. Mm. Anyway, she just like, she writes lots and lots of novels and she has little kids. So of course, everybody wanted to know, how do you do it? Right. That's the question you always ask. How do you do it? And she said, I don't really want to tell you guys because it's absolutely crazy. It works for me, but it's totally crazy. And so then we we're all like, okay, now you have to tell us. Well, here's what I do. She writes longhand a draft of a novel. Then she burns it. She destroys it. Then she writes it again. And then she like destroys that. And then she writes it for a third time. And by then, the stuff that is really important, she remembers from draft to draft. And it sort of has sifted out. And the important stuff remains. And that's how she writes her books. And we all were like... Anybody who's written, you know, anything longer than a page, like the idea of writing something and then just destroying it and starting over from scratch is insane, but it works for her, clearly. Amy, I have some feedback. A lot of times I feel like people are like, this is going to sound crazy, but... And then it's good. Right? I put my shoes on one at a time. Right, right, like, right. it's not crazy. Right. That is legit crazy. Like, hats off to her. I was expecting it to be like, I do this crazy thing where I have a smoothie before I start working. No, that's legit crazy. God bless her. Yes. So we don't have to go that far, but like, I have a little one, which was for me when my kids were little, I got really good at picking up stuff with my feet, you know, like carrying the baby. Did you do this? I got like I have chimpanzee like 
with my feet at picking up stuff. Yeah, I have magical feet. I can pick up anything with my feet. Do you still do that? No, I've stopped. Because as you know, from our many conflicts on the topic, I do not like to be barefoot ever. Oh, right. So I lost my superpower. I see. Did you take the socks off for that brief moment in time when you really needed... I don't know why when I was pregnant, maybe I just, I also lived in California, so it was warmer. Like in in New York, I really don't like to be barefooted ever because I'm always cold. Yes. I don't know. I can definitely picture picking stuff up at my feet and thinking like, I'm amazingly good at this. Yes. Yes. And I always felt like I got like crazy looks from other people, including people with little kids. It's like, don't you know that this is when you're holding the kid, that's the only way to do it. Also baby wearing. I feel like I'm not seeing these days, as much as I did, even like a decade ago, like people wearing, you know, using wraps to carry the baby. I decided that seemed crazy until I had my third kid. And then like baby wearing, it saved me. Like you just wear the youngest one and then you go about your business with the older ones. And it's so easy and it works so much. And people just think it's crazy who have never tried it. I'm definitely team baby wearing, especially I had a colicky one and that was it. Like otherwise I would have to carry him 24 hours a day. Yeah. Had to wear the baby. Mine is, I heard this in college and I was like, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. It was an author speaking. I don't remember who it is, but he talked about working from home before that was like even a phrase like, oh, I don't go to an office. I work at my house. And people were like, what? I've never heard of such a crazy idea. (laughs) And he said, but the discipline of working from home is difficult because you can kind of, you know, wave into the day and you don't get stuff done. So he said he got up, took a shower, shaved, put on a full, like he was like one of these guys who dressed, you know, a full three-piece suit, got in his car, drove around the block and came home to his office. And I thought that's crazy. But sometimes this is a back to one thing for me every once in a while. I usually just walk around my house, but I do occasionally when I'm feeling that kind of like, oh, I'm just slothing around and I've taken a shower in four days because I work from home and it's easy to get into that mode. I will occasionally do this, like get fully dressed, put makeup on, blow dry my hair. And then I don't usually actually go out in the car, but it resetting my day from the morning of like, I am a working person versus like I am a bed Uh troll who has to get stuff done even though I don't want to. (laughs) Right. A phone scrolling person. I find myself. And when I do that, I'll change my location. Right. I don't even mean leave my apartment. I mean, just like go somewhere else, bring your stuff, sharpen the pencil and get back to work in a new location. My other crazy, but it works for me is that I try to work out whenever I'm in the mood to work out. Like when the mood strikes me, I try to work out. The mood strikes you to work out. Interesting. Uh huh. Which sometimes means that I work out at like 10 o'clock at night. Like sometimes I get a late night burst of energy and I will work out at very odd times. I'm not familiar with that sensation, but good for you. Listen, I'm not saying it's a daily occurrence, Amy. We have some really helpful ones, though. Like you were saying, these are more in the category. Our listeners came with like things that are crazy, but work for them. And most of these are in the category as you aligned the category of like, wow, what a great idea that I never thought of that would work for me also. Love it. Hit me, Amy. Are you ready? All right. So our first category is like traveling stuff that sounds crazy, but works for them. Danielle, I love this one so much. If we're going away to a place that has the same weather, I count the number of days we'll be gone and do the laundry after that many days so I can just pack the laundry for the kids. Saves me the steps of planning outfits and putting away the laundry, both. Mm. So where does she put them? Like right into the suitcases? Right into the suitcase. You're folding and they go into... You don't have to wonder what should I pack for them. You have washed and dried and folded four days worth of clothes and that's what you pack. Yeah, smart. And then it's not the frenzy of like... Because the problem with the packing is always the laundry. Like we have finally figured out that laundry is the first step of packing. After too many trips of like, there's only two clean pairs of underwear and we need to leave in an hour. (laughs) Like we have finally unlocked the code that laundry the day before is that's really the packing. And of course, this is like as your kids get older and they're like, where's my, you know, jet sweatshirt? Like I need my jet sweatshirt. They need specific things that they want to pack. This gets harder. But when your kids are little and it's just clothes, we did an episode a long time ago on traveling with little kids. I'm going to link to it in the show notes because I remember it was full of good tips. But one was from my friend who has four little ones. Three boys were pretty little at the time, and she would wrap outfits. She would do like t-shirts, shorts, pants, whatever, underwear, socks, and she'd wrap a rubber band around them. 
And she'd have like the outfits for like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then she'd pack them that way so that the kids, when they're trying to get dressed in the hotel room in the morning, could just grab a rubber band pack and put it on. And then yesterday's pack, you know, got thrown in the laundry bag to take home. Makes sense. I like it. Planning it on seems the organized in. to me, but I, I like it. Pamela says that she cleans the house from top to bottom before going on a trip. We're talking baseboards, freezer, lint trap, dusty fan blades. I mean, this is a real clean. <laughs> it creates way too much stress the day before we leave, but oh, how I love coming home to a clean house. My friend Justine said the same thing on the board. It was, I try to do this. I have accepted about myself that it often doesn't happen, but I do try to make the day before a trip laundry and cleaning. Because I agree that walking into a messy house after a nice vacation is about as depressing. I went on my honeymoon. My husband is a messy person and just kind of a person who never throws anything away. And he lived in this crazy little like studio apartment that he still had when we got married. We didn't live together before we got married. And we came home from like our wedding and then four days in the Bahamas and we spent the first night, like his cat had vomited in this horrible, dark, dank, disgusting apartment. And I was like, what have I done? I've made a horrible mistake. You know, <laughs> it was so depressing. And after that, I was like, never again am I coming back to a depressing situation at the end of a vacation. Yeah. I also like a buffer day, people. I like a buffer day. We were just making our Thanksgiving travel plans. And I do like a buffer day. I like to come back on Saturday and then have Sunday as the day off. It doesn't always work, but I have started to build it in. Right. Rather than come home Sunday night at 7 to a messy house and have to make lunches. And yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Just coming home at 7 p.m. and then being like, oh, it's school tomorrow. Horrible. All right. Layton has another one that is some foreplanning. But if you need this, you really need this. She says, when traveling with others out of the country, everyone take one set of clothes from everyone in the group. If you lose your luggage, you still have clothes. Wow. Never thought of that before. And that is really clever. Yes. This has happened to my husband and me. We were traveling a long time ago. Didn't have kids yet. He and I have, so I have another tip for this. Definitely, if even if it's just two of you, if it's five of you, this gets a little complicated. But yeah, mix in a little bit of clothing. My husband, we went to Italy, I think it was, and his bag was just missing. It didn't come off the carousel at the end. And we didn't have it for like a couple of days. And he was wearing, I remember I had some like DKNY t-shirt and like he just was wearing like the crappiest clothes for two days because that's all we had. And then when his bag finally showed up, they said, we have it. You should label your bag. And we said, we did label the bag. The bag came and it had clearly been like driven over Oops. by those sort of trains yep. that take the suitcases or, or maybe a plane. So the whole top of the bag had just been ripped apart and half of his clothes had holes you could like, you know, stick your head through. And the, it was insane. When we got the stuff back. So what I learned from that and what I always do is put, you know, an, an identifying piece of paper with your name and cell phone number and stuff inside the bag and an itinerary for the trip. Because what would have saved us is if they knew where to find us inside the bag and not just on the bag, which had been destroyed. All right. So put it in and on. One outfit from everyone else. Does that sound crazy? <laughs> I think it's cool. I mean, I don't know that I'm going to do it. I'll probably just like be cursing someday when I'm like, oh, I should have taken Layton's tip. Put a copy of the itinerary inside. Just print two copies and stick one inside the bag and leave it in there. That's not so hard. Yeah, not hard. That doesn't sound crazy, right? All right, let's move on to holidays. Anna says, sounds crazy, works for her. No exchanging gifts with the siblings. My older brother's family doesn't care about gifts. We don't see them at Christmas. My younger brother's family, I do see, so we do gifts. My sister's in another country. We exchange board games. So many people buy for everyone, regardless of whether anyone wants to. I have finally, after a multi-year scorched earth campaign, gotten, and it wasn't just me, but like we have finally now do this as a family, especially as there's kids and other people that we do all sibling and all grown children Name goes in a hat and we, everybody buys for one person. It also means you can get one person something that's worth $150 versus 18 people something that's $50 and they don't want and is bad, you know? Right. Or as you often say, the great like gift card exchange, like here's your gift card, here's your gift card, here's your <laughs> gift card. And it just gets right. 
And then they'll sit in a drawer. I have a pile sitting right here of Amazon gift cards. And like, oh my gosh, I have to apply these to my account. These have been sitting in a box for, you know, a year. We've been, I've just started fighting to go gift free for the kids' birthdays. Because same thing. Now everybody brings gift cards. And we're basically just like, you know what, who doesn't need everyone's like extra income, Jeff Bezos with the like yeah. Amazon gift cards that sit in a drawer. Like we're just yes. funding Jeff Bezos's lifestyle and space trips by giving people Amazon gift cards that never get applied to anybody's account. And I want it to end. Anna also plants her flag and says, I'm pretty ruthless about not buying crappy $10 gifts for every person I have an interaction with. Please, let's not do stuff we resent. Yeah. I get it. I mean, it's the industrial gift complex and it's hard to fight against. And I do think that people have really different feelings about this and that I'm sort of like gifts are useless. I always say now Thanksgiving is so much better. You just go and eat and visit and have fun. That's what my husband says. Yeah, Ugh, I just I really hate gifts. But for other people, it's kind of their superpower. I'm also not great at it. Like it takes so much of my mental energy. I put really high bars on like getting people perfect stuff. And I am team gift free, but I am trying to also respect that not everybody is team gift free. And so trying to just cut it way down. I think we've talked in the past about letting the laws of holiday attrition work in your favor. And I think this is the perfect opportunity. I do feel like it's different for kids, like, you know, trying to strong arm your four-year-old into saying no gifts at the birthday party because they want to save the whales instead. Like maybe they do and maybe they don't. Kids like presents, kids like Christmas if you celebrate Christmas. But for grownups, yeah. Like if it's going to be stressful to find the men's sweater that's the same as the sweater you got them last year that's going to sit in the drawer, like how about no sweaters? I am psyched for a resetting of Christmas expectations. Remind me I said that, please. (laughs) I will be reminding you. All right, Amy, let's take a break and we'll be back with even more crazy things that somehow work. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses, first two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby's skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. (laughs) But all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code motherhood at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code motherhood for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Amy, we're back. Let's talk about stuff in weird places. Anna Lynn says, laundry basket in the living room and my kids' toothbrushes in the kitchen. We live in a split-level home. My kids get distracted moving from level to level, so the goal in the morning is to keep them on the main floor where 90% of the tasks we need to do are located. That means getting dressed in the living room and brushing teeth in the kitchen. 
Absolutely. I got this tip from Carolyn Dalgleish a long time ago. She does planning for sensory kids and ADHD kids, you know, finding the pain point and then getting through it. And that's when we started having toothbrushes downstairs and upstairs. So wherever they are and they remember they have to brush their teeth, they've got a toothbrush. Well, I just was having a screeching moment with my husband this morning where... My kids really just have stopped brushing their teeth because Uh they're just at that age where like they go upstairs, they get in bed, they're tired. They still really, they're 13, 11, and nine. I have to say my 13-year-old is very dedicated to his dental health, but the 11 and nine-year-old just don't brush their teeth. Like we will be sitting at dinner sometimes and I'm like, oh, your teeth are like actively mossy at this point. (laughs) Like I can literally see that you haven't brushed your teeth in three days, but- we have, it's upstairs, downstairs. Our bedroom is downstairs. Their bedroom is upstairs. And like to trek upstairs at the end of a tired day and stand over them and make them brush their teeth is killing me. But my like, your teeth will fall out and you will spend your life getting drilled at the dentist does not seem to be working either. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we do not, our downstairs bathroom has no cabinets. Like I really don't want the toothbrushes on the sink. I don't know how to handle this one. Well, Lisa has something crazy that might work for you. Her son brushes his teeth in the kitchen. At the kitchen sink, and then you can just put the toothbrush in the cabinet. She says, we have had many comments about it, but it works for us. And I want to know, like, who's giving you lip about your kid brushing their teeth in the kitchen? Like, I can't imagine going over to somebody's house and being like, your child brushes the teeth. Like, who, who would do that? Lisa, stand strong. It kind of grosses me out. My daughter sometimes wants to brush her hair in the kitchen. And I'm like, ew, this doesn't belong in the kitchen. And for some reason, teeth brushing in the kitchen grosses me out a little bit. But maybe I just have to get over it. Tooth brushing in the kitchen is better than not tooth brushing, I would argue. You're not wrong, Amy. You're not. (laughs) But then you have to rinse. Then you have to rinse out the sink, right? You can't have dishes in it. There's a lot of barriers to (laughs) proper dental hygiene in my house. And I... (laughs) So far, my lying in bed and screeching upstairs brush your teeth system is not going great. So I may have to take some of these. The morning bathroom thing is complicated because people have needs in the bathroom that are contradictory, right? And some people's needs in the bathroom, I'm not going to say who it is in my family. Some people have needs in the bathroom that are, you know, lengthy and a little mysterious, like a 15 or 20 minute, you know, long visit while other people have to brush their teeth. It is, that's my pain point. It's like, how did this end up happening in the same bathroom? We do have more than one bathroom. The kids can't need to brush their teeth where somebody else is, you know, reading their emails. We also have the problem. Our house is kind of falling apart. And for boring reasons, like we don't really want to do any work to the house because the whole structure needs a lot of work. And it's like, we would have to knock it down and start again, blah, blah, blah. But we have the upstairs bathrooms are really gross. They're dark. We had a skylight that was leaking. We just boarded it over. So like they're very unpleasant rooms to be in for the kids too, which is maybe part of the problem. And then finally, after 8 million problems in my daughter's bathroom, we just turned off the water in there. So she has to brush her teeth. It's the bathroom situation in our house is a nightmare. I don't know. Sounds crazy and doesn't work for you. (laughs) It's crazy and definitely doesn't work. (laughs) Katie, I love this one. She says, I know I am not alone in this. All you with ADHD and undiagnosed ADHD will recognize yourselves in this. I leave it out or I forget it even exists. She says, supplements I take every day on the counter. It doesn't matter that I take them every day. If I can't see them, I forget that I take supplements. My son's hockey gear that needs to be sewn for next week on the dining room table, because if I can't see it, he will get to hockey next week and realize the Velcro strap is still torn away from the elbow pad. So she gives examples like that. And she says, it's so exhausting if I forget. So I leave it all out much to my husband's dismay. I totally sympathize with this. But I again, I have not fixed it in my own life. I have it's so out of sight, out of mind for me. And you and I have identified and implemented a ton of systems at work where like I can go to one place and look because if you say to me like, hey, Margaret, the podcast is going under. If you don't like fill out this form on Thursday, (laughs) I'll be like, yes, I will. But I will never do it. Like I just, my mind has like a floor, a trap floor that drops things out of it. I work in a place that I teach somewhere that I have to go through metal detectors to my classroom. And every week, my bra, which is an underwire bra, sets off the metal detector and every week they're like you should get like a fabric bra that doesn't have metal in it because then we don't have to double search you every single time you go in and i teach on tuesdays every single tuesday and i'm like i will do that for next it's 
you know, 75 million Tuesdays later. <laughs> Eight weeks later, I'm still getting double wanded because I cannot remember to purchase a fabric bra because I it somehow never makes it onto the... T- By the time I get home, my brain has completely wiped that slate clean. And then it is only when I show up the next Tuesday that I go, oh, I was supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. You have to put things out. Problem system. I definitely identify with you, Katie. I do this for my kids. I put out their, you know, their meds, the ones who take meds. Here's this. Here's your form. Here's your ID. Here's this. And I put in as many sort of systems and like you will literally trip over this thing if you don't remember to put it on or take it with you. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I feel like you have to keep moving it because after three days, they're invisible. Yeah, because you get used to the system. I had a son who was forgetting his homework every day, fourth grade, you know, not a big, big deal. But, you know, it was frustrating for us, frustrating for you. He would come home crying. I don't have it. I'm going to be in trouble. So I took a silver pen and I wrote homework in giant letters, like right where the zipper goes on his bag, because then it's like you see this big silver sign when you go to get your backpack and you say, do I have my homework? And that's the problem. It works for about 10 days. And then your mind just like integrates that word on your backpack and you don't see it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to keep like moving that sign around like elf on the shelf. It's got to be somewhere different every morning. Yeah, exactly. You have to override the system of disaster. Here's a system for definitely remembering I thought was interesting. Jennifer says that they have horses. They own horses. We take pictures of the locks on the feed room and gates. So when I wake up at two in the morning scared that I haven't locked them, I can look at my phone and see that I have. I love this one. Mm-hmm. This is a great idea. Mm-hmm. I have come to really rely on my camera. I was in the city the other day, ran into Amy Wilson. Yeah. Because I had made a, in New York City, I had made a garage reservation and I pull up to the garage and the guy's like, no, we're full. And I said, no, I actually have a reservation. And he's like, yeah, sorry. And I just had a kind of brief New York back and forth where I was like, what is the point of a reservation if you're telling me you're full? Yeah, that's nuts. So let's say it was like 82nd and 1st, I don't know. Then I'm driving, 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 trying to find another garage And then I pull into the garage, a random garage that I find. They have room for me. Great. I had my daughter with me. It was complicated. Thank God, because I have burned myself enough times. As I was walking out, I took a picture of the address of the garage, because what would I have done otherwise? I would have been like, okay, we need to get to where we're going, run off. And then I would have literally had no idea within a 10 block up and down radius and a three block side to side radius what garage my car was in. Yeah. Block to block, New York kind of looks the same. It all looks the same, especially when you're like, your mind is overriding, like looking at street numbers and just trying to search for a garage. I did this once in a parking garage. I had borrowed my dad's car, jumped in, drove to Philadelphia for a wedding, pulled into the parking garage, gone up, 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 huge, like 10 story parking garage, Yeah, parked, walked out. I lost my little, you know, ticket that they give you, of course. And then the guy at the front desk was like, what kind of car is it? And I said, I have no idea. Like, I I, I just borrowed my dad's car. I never even looked at it. Like, I drove two hours, but I just jumped in. I couldn't have told you the maker model of the car to save my life. And he had to drive me around in a golf cart for like a half an hour while I basically looked in different cars and could see if I the thing I left in the backseat was there. And he was just like, oh, my God, what kind of idiot are you? And I, I was like, I'm this very specific kind of idiot. It's like if you were like a lost preschooler whose, you know, mommy's name was mommy or something like you had no useful information. That's exactly what it was like. I was like, it has four wheels. He's like hatchback trunk. No idea. No, I couldn't tell you anything. He truly was looking at me like, what is this person in front of me? I do have a habit. This isn't even crazy, but it definitely works for me of like every time you get a ticket at a, I don't know, a parking garage, you valet the car to a hotel or whatever. I immediately just take a picture of the ticket. That's, I got to start doing that. That My picture taking is the only thing that saves me. Mm-hmm. Parking garages, basically, and I like that idea a lot of like, take a picture of whether it's the locked front door, anything that I get in bed and I'm like, did I turn that off? Like, that's such a cool idea. I've never thought of that before. Take a picture of it and then reassure yourself that it's okay. I have a friend with some, you know, OCD tendencies that he manages really well, but he does have that, like, I have to go back inside and make sure that the oven is off and then he might have to do it again. And like, I've known him for a long time. I have patience with that. But I do wonder, like, if for somebody like that, if like taking a picture of that would reassure you enough that you wouldn't have to go back inside. Yeah, because I have some OCD stuff, too, that manifests. I'm not 
quite like I have to go back and check it, but I definitely get like, uh, did I remember that thing? I love this idea. It's good. This is going to be a game changer for me, Jennifer. Thank you. Love it. All right. Let's do some on planning for the week. There are some good ideas here on planning for the week. Or maybe good ideas. Maybe they're crazy. But this works for Brandy. She says, sometimes I set out my own outfits for the week and it's the nicest gift to myself. It's one less thing I have to decide each day. I kind of like this idea. I had a really hard time. Today's one of those days where I have to walk around a lot. I have a lot to do today. And then I have to go somewhere tonight and look presentable and trying to decide like what like looks presentable enough, but won't be too hot or wrinkly by, you know, 6 p.m. tonight or uncomfortable. It took me a long time. Trying to look at what you're wearing, but I can't really see it. And I probably had more energy for that. I'm wearing an M.M. Lafleur top. Those are perfect for that sort of like look kind of, you know, presentable. And pants that are a little tight, I mean, a little itchy. This is a no thank you, Brandy, (laughs) for me. I, I would never do this. This is just not, this is outside of my realm of possibility. Candace packs all of her own breakfasts and lunches for the week on Sunday night. And not only that, she levels up. She eats the same thing for breakfast and lunch. I've eaten the same thing five days a week for years. Sometimes I switch it up, but typically it lasts a week and then I'm back to my old faithful. Most people think it's because I'm so organized or so healthy. But the truth is, if I don't do this, I will be late every day. This is from the Lazy Genius Decide Once, which is Amy says, and I. this has been a game changer for me. Mm-hmm. Always get the same gift for people. Always get the same, you know, mm-hmm. have a go-to gift. And ugh, one of my go-to gifts, they just stopped making. And I'm so bummed out because it was such a good one. But yeah, this is Decide Once. And I think that's right. Because I tend to be really... I love food and I love eating good food, but I do find during the week that I would just rather take the Jetsons pill. Like, I only want to eat good food if it involves enjoying it. I only want to eat good food if it's there in the refrigerator, right? And so I end up eating like the greasy leftover Chinese food that wasn't healthy the first time. Yeah, I do a lot of that. I do a lot of that. This is aspirational. I'm going to put the recipes that Candace mentions in the show notes because she's incredibly specific. So for five years, every morning she has had refrigerator oatmeal with some mixed fruit in it. And for lunch, she has a Greek couscous salad, but she uses quinoa instead of couscous. (laughs) All right. And they're like in mason jars. I mean, it's so like Instagram ready. I like this. I'm not there yet, but I'm curious. I'm crazy curious about this one. Hmm, you're Candace Curious. Yes. Okay, we'll be back with more things that are crazy, but work for some of us. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health, and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E, lumen.me, and use the code FRESH at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. 
And now, things you will say as the holidays approach this year. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. This year, we are not going to go crazy for the holidays. We're going to keep it simple and concentrate on what really matters, which is family. Last year, we went too over the top, but this year, we are reining it in. Now, there are supply chain issues, and I'm going to take that as my excuse to just pare it down this year. Nothing extravagant. But listen, speaking of supply chain issues, I really need everyone's list by the Sunday before Thanksgiving, or you're getting nothing this year. Okay. And we do need to do holiday cards. That's non-negotiable. And so I don't care what it costs. I do need someone to ship me sweater vests before this Thursday. Okay. Nobody got me their gift list, so I'm going to have to decide what to get everyone on my own. Wow. Those sweater vests were pricey. The holiday budget is already blown and it's only November. I thought we were doing a simple Thanksgiving potluck in the backyard. What do you mean your mother expects us to fly to Idaho? Okay, I'm out of time. The supply chain is freaking me out. I'm just going to buy all the things. Okay, but next year, we are not going crazy. This has been Things You Will Say As The Holidays Approach This Year. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. All right, Tara has something crazy that works for her letting kids sleep in their bed. She says it's the only way to get a few hours of uninterrupted sleep around here. I think if it works for you, it's not crazy at all. I can't sleep with a, you know, like mouth breathing, kicky toddler in my bed. Just never could do it. Yeah. I think this is definitely one of those. I think everything with kids under six, obviously too broad a statement, but there's so many things of like, you should really just do what works for you. Like breastfeeding or bottle feeding, Family bed or no family bed. Listen, check out the American Pediatrics Association's guidelines in writ large. But this is like we used to always my kids would always fly. If we had an early morning flight, they would just fly in their pajamas. You know, it's fine. Like Mm -hmm. whatever the path of least resistance when you're in the hard years, I'm all for doing what works for you. Alexa says, does living in a 450 square foot house with my husband and two kids ages three and two count? Others definitely think we're crazy, but it legitimately works for us. I'm curious because you lived in a pretty small house when your kids were very young. Quite, It was exactly double the size of Alexa's house. Oh, wow. All right. Three well. kids and a sister with me. <laughs> It reminds me of Borat when he's when he has a chair in his hotel room and he's like, King of the castle, I have a chair, I have a chair. Yes. Uh, so are there actually things about a small house that are, are better when you have little kids? There must be because people like those tiny houses and stuff. Mm-hmm. As you know, I took a very, uh, it wasn't very long, but I took an RV trip with my father-in-law and my three kids. And yes, there's definitely stuff about small spaces that are good. Like you really cannot indulge the, we have, as I'm about to try to match up 400 pairs of socks, like you cannot indulge. Everybody just keeps track of their little things, puts them where they go. You can't just have a lot of nonsense around. You can't have 450 plushies. You just have to have really the stuff you need and then one treasure. You're like the Ingalls, basically. Like you only have your little bit of space. <laughs> your China Shepherdess on a shelf. That's it. You have your China Shepherdess and that is your <laughs> one beloved possession and Pa builds you a shelf for it. Yeah, this makes sense to me. Like it makes it so not having too much stuff isn't a choice. It's a must. Like you don't have to engage with, do I really need 10 stuffed animals? No, you really have room on the bed for two and there's no room on the floor at all. So you just don't even want them. Do your kids want less when there's less space? I think you just, it's an absolute necessity. And Mm -hmm. in the morning in the RV, my kids would get now at home, my kids get up, throw their clothes off, leave them on the floor, grab whatever's clean, yell to me, there's nothing clean. Like in the RV, you had three outfits and you would just put one back at night. And, you know, I was, I did have to be very on top of them about like, fold your shirt and your pants. And if the socks are dirty, put them in the laundry. We're doing laundry on Tuesday. You know, it forces a whole level of like familial organization on you. And systems, right? And it occurs to me, if you're the type of person who wants the house clean when you get back, it's a little bit easier, I suppose, to clean a 450 square foot house. Yeah. It's also two things come out and you're drowning. So it's a mixed bag is what I would say. Yeah. It's a mixed bag. The apartment that I live in has very little storage because it's a modern building. So like our walls are, you know, windows basically. So we have very few closets, built-ins, 
you know, things like that. Like our old apartment just had tons of cubbies and spaces and a place under the stairs, you know, that kind of stuff that you just fill up with, I don't know, broken Christmas lights and things. We don't have that room in our apartment and it has made me ruthless about what we can keep and store and it's better. Yeah, we were in the city the other day, as I mentioned, and my daughter saw this huge kind of skyscraper that was called, you know, Manhattan Mini Storage or whatever it was called. And she was like, that's so much storage. (laughs) And I said, yeah, well, in the city, you know, you have these small apartments and you have to keep your, you know, your Christmas china. There's nowhere for it. So you have to keep it at the storage unit and go get it. Right. And of course, do you need to have Christmas china? I think you really engage with that. Then you really engage with some harder (laughs) questions. Sounds crazy, but it works for me. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about shopping and spending. Kristen says, apparently meal planning for seven days at a time is enough for some people to give me the side eye. I'm not a wing it kind of person. We live 20 minutes away from the grocery store, and I like to make one big trip each week for our family of five. I was definitely in this habit, Kristen, like during the pandemic, during like the lockdown, going to the grocery store was fraught. I'm going to go once a week. And I always wondered, Kristen, because people would give me the side eye too. And they'd be like, well, you're buying a lot. And I'm like, I'm trying not to come all the time. I have a family of five, including two teenage boys. I was surprised that I wasn't the only one who actually couldn't fit one more thing in their cart by the time they got to checkout. Sounds like it's just me and Kristen. To me, it's kind of like talking about the toothbrushes in the kitchen. Like, who's worried about what's in your cart? My God. Yeah, yeah. I am not... I can't crack this organization. I have started and it falls away. It's always one of the first things that falls away, but I try to come back to it. I don't really do meal planning, but I do on Mondays try to write what's for dinner every night because for me, it's an issue of if I don't write it down, I have a night where I'm out. Then the kids have activities two nights a week. Then my husband will be away and like... I find that if I don't write it down, like there are weeks where we'll get a pizza three nights a week if I don't really have a plan. Because at five o'clock, when it occurs to me what's for dinner, my answer is always nothing. I'm not doing it. I don't want to. It's kind of like writing out an exercise schedule. Like I have to beat my own brain that is saying like, do not do this, whatever you do. But you do need to plan ahead, right? Because otherwise it's like, oh, tonight's, oh, shoot, tonight's hockey. And then then my spouse is a thing, right? So nobody's home until like 7.15. That stuff sneaks up on you, right? And that's when it's a pizza again. It sure does. And it's also just, it's like a job then for me. If I look and I'm like, okay, it's steak and French fries and broccoli tonight. Okay, I know where those three things are. And my husband has an office in town, so he's close by. So like he at least twice a week, stops at the grocery store to get one thing we need for dinner. Like, I could be better at it, but we're kind of putting it together with, you know, tape and glue. It is worthwhile. I mean, this doesn't sound crazy and it works for me to take that time on Sunday to to look at your week. This is more for an older kids thing, right? Once your kids have places to go and be that aren't top of mind for you because you have to be with them for those things. I have kids coming and going at crazy times. Otherwise, for me, it's just the difference between eating pizza three nights a week and having a little bit of healthier dinners mm-hmm. available. Otherwise, for me, it just falls apart. It's it's a must do. Susie and I are on the same page with this one. Buying multiples. If I like a pair of leggings, I buy four. A shirt is flattering on me. I'll take it in every color, please. I have three pairs of the same black loafers. I don't shop often and I'm picky. So this works for me. Agree. I have had two or three shirts in my day that I always call like the magic shirt. Like I just will find a shirt that looks really good on me. And I always buy like 10 of them. Yeah. I just wear them forever. Yeah. I've never tried this. Does it sound crazy to me? No. Other than like, if you know, how do you have the money to buy four pairs of something? But. Oh, these are like $10 shirts. They're not like $300 shirts. Like I wouldn't, they're like, this is like the stretchy top from the limited. It's not like, you know, some Dolce and Gabbana like top. It's just like, oh, I like this. And that makes sense to me too, because if it's sort of like, you know, instant clothes, Zara, and it's not, you know, you're going to get a year or two out of it before it falls apart anyway, and you really love it, then this will last longer, right? Yeah. And I have kind of, you know, stretch out and boobs and like kind of a muffin top. And so sometimes like pants, I'm a pretty generic size, but I just tops sometimes like I can't find stuff that looks good. It either pulls or it just isn't. And so if I find something that I like the way it looks on me, I'm like, all in. Get it in seven different colors. Mm, I had to try on like 
four pairs of pants this morning to find a pair of pants I like. So the next time I find a pair of pants I like, yeah, I'm buying it in, in every color. I'll try it, Susie. Yeah, pants are easy for me, but like a good like everyday top, I find an elusive target. So in when I find one that looks good, I do it. And I also sometimes... This is slightly crazy, but I think it's, I often, I think I have, I look in the mirror and I'm always like nailing it again. I always love the way I look, looking in a mirror. I'm like killing it, looking good. We talked about that. It's the opposite of like, what's the dysmorphia for how you look? Oh, imposter syndrome. Yeah. Not even, yeah, there's something like, it's like body dysmorphia or something like, you know, when you have like, yeah, you think you are fat, but you're not, you think that you're ugly, but you're beautiful, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) I have the opposite of that. Like, I'm always like kids killing it again today. Look at me. And then, so sometimes I do like, I'll try to get a picture of me in something to like get a little second look at it, you know? Isn't it amazing? Because I, I, I feel like, yeah, in the mirror, I'm like, this is pretty good. And then in the photo, you're like, what? That was a wrong choice. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's an accuracy here. But then I also kind of feel like there was this movie that I loved. Charlize Theron starred in and it. it was called Young Adult. Yes. And... It was this movie about a woman, like a kind of like the most beautiful girl from high school. And she's kind of fallen on hard times. And she's kind of got like the Paris Hilton dog and like name brand stuff. But she's kind of a mess. And one of the little things, you ever see something in a movie and you're like, how did they Mm -hmm. know about that? Like, it's so good. She would always have like the front of her hair really well blown out. And then the back would be a mess. And I'm like, that is so me. Like, I'm just like, oh, if I look good in the mirror, I'm killing it. Yes. And then I just occasionally will see a picture from behind. And I think, wow, I did not <laughs> do a good job with the back of my hair. But all this to say, yes, if I find something that looks good on me, I buy multiples of it. This does not sound crazy. And it works for me. And I'm going to get maybe one for one of my kids. Lori says she has a carabiner on her keys. You know what those things are? Like you use them like when you're like mountain climbing stuff? Oh, I do. I do know what a carabiner is. She said, I can hook them to anything. Purse, belt buckle. It's also a great place for extra ponytail holders, which I just wear mine around my wrist. And it's harder to lose. And then Alicia says she does this, but it drives her crazy when her husband borrows her keys and then takes the carabiner off. Oh, Alicia, would you like to call me and we can form a support group (laughs) together? My husband and I are locked in a battle of wills. He likes everything sleek and as it was made so like he doesn't want to cover on his iphone he wants it sleek and as is mm-hmm. he does not understand people who put covers on their iphones so just a key like no ring no chain certainly no carabiner we have a car that has a key like just a key and he doesn't want I need like, you know, gas station, like coat hanger hook hanging off of it with like the anchor, you know, yes, to keep you from walking off with it. But he just wants one key and every so I bought this giant, crazy keychain and he keeps taking it off. And I'm just like, we will this will end us. Stop taking my keychain off my key, but it drives him insane. Like putting a key with like a weighted giant keychain on it, it's his kryptonite. He wants it sleek enough that he could pass through that metal detector and be undetected. Like he wants that key so tiny, whereas you want like you actually couldn't fit it in your pocket. We are truly mismatched in this way, Amy, but I understand this taking the carabiner off. I have been engaged in this war for years now. I have a kid who tends to be a little forgetful, and this kid has the ID they need for school, because again, this kid is now old enough to go to school without me, ID they need for school, their key, you know, their metro card for the bus, you know, all that kind of stuff, all on a thing they can wear around their neck, which can go like under the shirt, right? You don't have to like wear it on the outside. And it all is constantly coming off the thing they put around the neck. Yeah. Don't separate it. I was famous in college. (laughs) This works for you. Because I wore my dorm key around my neck on a chain. For four years, because otherwise I spent my life, it was $10 to get a replacement key. And I was like $200 in like a month into college. Like I lost a billion keys. So I would wear the chain around my neck with the key in it. And so I had to like school my roommates because sometimes, you know, you hear someone put the key in the door and you're like, oh, I'll just open it for them to help them out. And they would constantly be like pulling me in by the neck because I would lean over with the key around my neck to open the door. You know what I mean? Oh my God. So then I would be like stuck in the door. They'd be like dragging me in. And I'm like, if you hear the door opening, do not try to help. It worked for you, but that sounds crazy. Yeah. I mean, this is the problem of my life. Like just the complete and utter 
disorganization. I did help myself out by marrying someone who is on the exact other side of the spectrum. Like he is my minder, as I've said before. Like when we travel, he's like, okay, here's your ID. Okay, give it right back to me. You know, he keeps my driver's license for me when we travel. I mean, he's my minder. I always say he's my Mr. Bates. He's my valet. Like he keeps me together. I am the minder from my family, although like now that the boarding passes can be on phones, you know, like I will often get if I'm traveling with my whole family, get on the plane with everybody, but not my spouse, because my spouse has that like, if I could just do one more thing. And I'm like, I can't live with this. I can't be the last people on the plane. So see you later. See you later. Hopefully you're on the plane when it takes off. Yeah. Works for him. (laughs) Yeah. No, my husband is good about knowing like you are not able to have this because it will be gone. At some point, my son, who's 13, 12 at the time, got his vaccine and he had his vax card for like three months. And then I needed it to show it for one thing and it's lost now. Like it's just everything I touch goes, you know, it's just I'm a (laughs) whirling vortex of doom when it comes to items. And my husband is like, I can't believe it. And I'm like, I'm sorry. But luckily he loves me as is. Did you take a picture? Amy, I did not take a picture, but thank you for asking. That's a definitely, that was another one. Like as soon as I had it in my hands, like I didn't even put it away until I took a picture of it. Oh, I do. You know what? I do have a picture of it. All right. See, you're saved. Sounds crazy, but it works for you. You solved it for me, Amy. (laughs) If you want something that is not crazy, but extremely (laughs) useful, please visit our merch store. It's bit.ly slash whatfreshmerch. You can get notebooks and t-shirts and sweatshirts and perhaps keychains, really bulky (laughs) keychains. So much stuff. We got Oldie Logs t-shirts. We got What Fresh Hell notebooks. Come on over. It's great at bit.ly slash whatfreshmerch. And with that, friends, we will talk to you next week. So long. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.